What is going on, everyone? You have found the Mission Driven Made podcast where we equip and empower you with unfiltered fitness truth. And on today's episode, we get right into the fitness focus section. And today we talk about sleeping for life and for performance. All right, enjoy the episode, everyone. talk uh some sleep some sleep yes. for for life and performance oh, yeah big time sleep's my guy or big time. not sleeping is my guy dude i know <laughs> we were talking about this on the last episode but man i i sometimes look back even though this is a waste of time and i'm like man what if i took sleep seriously for my 20s because i i didn't until i would say the last maybe couple years maybe not but just the all of my twenties, essentially, and then before that, it was the idea that we talked about the other day. With you know, sleep when you're dead type of thing. That is terrible, mm-hmm. oh, terrible yeah. advice. The sleep when you're dead thing. I mean, I, I don't know what it is when we're younger. I don't know if it's stubbornness or pridefulness, but thinking mm-hmm. that there's a badge of honor to be sleep deprived. <laughs> it's it's stupid if you think about it. Yeah. Well, and not only I know I can only I'm only speak for myself, but I'd imagine that you um, empathize. Um, not only was I personally not sleeping and not taking sleep, sleep seriously, but the sleep that I was getting really for me was uh, sleeping off booze for the most part, especially yeah. in my early twenties. You know, late teens, early twenties, and and um, you know those those things compound on top of each other. If you're not getting enough, and then the quality is not there as well. Right. And I paid for it. I definitely, it was, I, I, it wasn't until I went and talked to, uh, actually a psychiatrist after I was like, I was at my wits end and needed to go and like find extra help. Yeah. And I went to talk to a psychiatrist and he was like, yeah, you should probably be sleeping like 10 hours a night. He was talking to me specifically because I had for so many years slept so little that he was like, yeah, you know, I usually recommend like eight, eight, maybe nine hours. Like you should get 10 minutes. <laughs> Like, yeah. no, I don't think it's a minimum, but the idea was like catch up guy. Did you ever have times where you're, it's like a few hours of sleep for you type of thing? Oh, I, it's it's pretty normal for me to be up um, for like 24 to 36 hours. It's It's been that way since I was pretty young. It's it's gotten better in the last couple of years as my sleep hygiene, my routine, my mm. um, my sleep, my habits surrounding the how my circadian circadian rhythms um, are dictated as yeah. I've gotten those under control. Um, it's gotten a lot better, which I, as, as I know, and our readers are readers, our listeners are about to find out. Um, that's what we're going to be talking about here today. All the little things that you can be doing. Yeah. And it's like th- this one, I feel like people are talking about it a little bit more, but some don't understand, especially the younger Jake, for example, doesn't understand like, this is it. If there's a, a silver bullet or a magic pill that we could give to someone, if there was one thing, this would be it. Not the supplements you're taking. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously a, a good training program is very important, but not the perfect training program. All of that to me doesn't even compare to when we start to really sleep. That's the, the yeah. profound effects that sleep is going to have not just in the gym and fitness, but our life in general. I mean, think of the the zombie feeling you get when you don't sleep well. I mean, it could be just one night, but, you know, a couple nights in a row really 
starts to add up. And just cognitively speaking, it, it's it's miserable to be sleep deprived. So today's episode, I was so excited when Clayton and I were talking about mm. sleep yesterday just for a brief moment. And I asked Clayton if he wanted to geek out a little bit today on sleep. So that is what we're going to do. So we're, got, we're just going to take you guys through a couple points today uh, to assist you with hopefully your sleeping goals to help in your life and also help with a uh, performance and it's going to be a bit shorter of an episode today it is a friday debrief so we do try to get you out of here a little bit earlier so you can go and enjoy the rest of your friday so we will get right into it with point number one and i already heard clayton say this already his sleep started improving when he had some type of routine so that's point number one for us today and that is wake up at the same time every morning routine is key. It becomes a habit when you do this and everything seems to just be in place when you have a routine with this. Uh, Clay, was there anything that you did specifically um, when you started this like routine, or I guess the better question is why you started doing this routine um, to sleep better. Did someone tell you to do this? Uh, Was this when you're talking to the psychiatrist or when you're like, okay, I'm going to get more into this routine. So, I mean, the kind of the funny answer about that is my ultimately my answer to this question was a little bit more complex um, and had to kind of move through even just the routine. So what I mean is um, for, for a lot of years, I actually failed to implement getting up early at the same time every day or getting up at the same time every yeah. day, whether it's early or not that consistent. I, I've I have been chasing that for a long time. Um. But because I'm an insomniac, the reality is, is if I'm up late, I'm sleeping late because, uh, you know, you just, it's just, you just have to. Right. Right. So what would happen was, is I would, I would start to rely on this getting up or I would try to rely on this getting up every morning. And for me, basically I just couldn't make it happen. So it's funny because eventually I figured out how to do that, but it was kind of counterintuitive. And the answer for me was actually allowing myself to not get up at the same time every morning, rather making sure I get the same amount of sleep every night. Granted, let me re- re- reiterate, this is for an insomniac who had difficulties getting up at the same time every morning. Okay. So the answer for me is that by allowing myself to focus on the amount of hours I sleep, I can not be so bound by when I'm getting those hours of sleep. So I'm able to reposition my nightly sleep (laughs) to to the nighttime. So it's it's a weird, complex thing that basically what I'm saying is I, I was able to find a regular waking up routine by kind of going the other direction and letting go of the, um, structure. So I know this doesn't exactly go with the narrative, but it's a really important, um, aspect when we're talking about this um objectively waking up the same time every morning creating that routine is superior that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be able to do that right so some of us so some of us chase that and find that by kind of finding our own way which is kind of my answer (laughs) to to the question well i i mean if you had to pick between a perfect routine of waking up at the same time or making sure you get that good seven to nine hours or even 10 hours of sleep. Obviously I agree with you hundred percent. The making sure you actually sleep that long is really important, but if you yeah. are able, if you, if your lifestyle allows it and you're willing to do it, waking up at the same time 
every morning, having some type of routine uh, does definitely seem to help. And then a lot of people too, I, I noticed they, they're worried about being tired. Like for example, you know, if they want to start waking up earlier to get in a routine, they're worried that they're going to be tired for a couple of days. But what will happen, I've noticed, if you just do it for a few days, you're going to be a little bit more tired in the evening. And eventually, it's going to be easier to fall asleep uh, a little bit earlier, you know, than allowing you to wake up a little bit earlier and then to get into that routine. Sorry, I think I cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, no, not at all. I just I wanted to really – what I said was a little tangential and disjointed. I really want to drive home the point that um, – that by approaching it experimentally and being willing to try different things, I was ultimately able to get to the point where now I get up, I get up at the same time every morning, but I achieve that by not trying to do so. <laughs> so it's this weird oh, so, psychology yeah, hack there. huh? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a little bit of, and, and partly it's because I know my own psychology and I overthink things. And so the solution for yeah. me to, you know, answer like fix that is to like not overthink things. Right. And it seems really simple, but it's not always easy. Um, and so it's one of these things where effectively I got to the same place that you're talking about by being open to the possibility that, setting my alarm to 7am every day wasn't necessarily the best way to get there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. so funny. You say that because every once in a while, so I, I do normally have a, an alarm every morning, every once in a while, say it's like a Friday night and I want to try to stay up a little bit later with my wife to like, I don't know, watch a documentary or something. And if I have my alarm set, for the next morning, I can't stop thinking about that before I go to bed and it kind of keeps me up. So like as a trick, exactly what you were just saying, every once in a while I take my alarm off and that just not thinking about an alarm, I'm able to fall asleep, you know, within a, a normal range for me and then wake up literally at the same time anyway. And it's a, it's a great a great hack that you mentioned because I, I just realized after you said that every once in a while I do that as well. Um, it's not mm -hmm. like all the time necessarily, but it's funny though how that works though. You don't, you're not thinking about an alarm and then it allows you to, to fall asleep earlier for some reason. So it's, it's, it's important to recognize that it's, it's, we're talking about kind of a combination of things, right? You know, and, and as we go along this list, you'll see that a lot of things that we're talking about on this list um, it's kind of like a Venn diagram. A lot of these things are kind of separate, but they have overlapping, mm. um, you know, portions. Uh, and yeah, so, yeah. so it's, as we're talking, it's funny because we basically, Jake and I said the same thing and the opposite thing at the same time, right? Yeah. But it's a really good example of kind of the nature of a lot of the the stuff that we're talking about, right? There's a counterintuitive nature to, uh, yep. to fitness, uh, sleep, um, health in general, I think, yep. you know? Yep, so that's number one, everyone, routine. Now, moving on to number two, and this is a new one that I've learned. I mentioned it to you guys on the last episode. This came directly from Dr. Andrew Huberman of Stanford University. He also has a fantastic podcast called The Huberman Lab. So I learned this one from him. I don't want any credit for this. And this is delaying coffee or caffeine intake for at least 90 to 120 minutes in the morning. Now, initially, you might think this is counterintuitive, uh, by delaying coffee a little bit, essentially you're drinking it later in the day. So you, you may worry, oh, will this prevent me from sleeping at night? But what happens though, if you delay caffeine just a little bit, just for that 90 minutes or so in the morning, it allows your natural 
cortisol levels to come up on their own in the morning. And if you don't do this, you're at more of a risk for having that, you know, that late afternoon coffee or caffeine crash that a lot of us have probably gotten before. And ultimately, if that happens, that can affect your sleep at night. And the caffeine, also what it does is it competes with adenosine. Now, adenosine is a naturally occurring compound that most of the cells in your body make. And it can act or they can act as a central nervous system depressant. So it essentially can make you a little bit more tired. So building up of adenosine is going to make you sleepy. So there's going to be less adenosine to help us get tired at night if we consume caffeine right upon waking. So long story short, if you can delay the caffeine just a little bit, it could be a great thing as far as being able to fall asleep at night. Now, I had heard this before, but not in the context of being able to sleep at night, just the, the cortisol part of the the little description I was just talking about there, how letting your body's natural cortisol uh, come up on its own instead of spiking it with caffeine. So I had heard that before, but I still thought that was a fantastic point that Dr. Huberman brought up about how it actually is going to help us sleep at night a little bit more. I would even throw into there, and this is not necessarily connected directly to what you're saying, but it's important to think about as we're going through our day and we're talking about sleep, um, you know, effectiveness and, and, and kind of even sleep hygiene identifying the different variables and the different things that you're doing, such as coffee, such as exercise, and just being a little more thoughtful about how you place them is going to go a long Mm. way, you know? And obviously there's no way to be like, Oh, I can be, I'm going to be thoughtful without any of the prior knowledge of knowing that 90 to 120 minutes is what I need to do. So take that knowledge and use it, but also with other things, just, you know, maybe there's something else that we're not noticing here. Maybe your dog, you you know, freaks out at eight o'clock at night and you get, you know, panicked because your dog's freaking out. This is bad, you know, not necessarily the best example, but all these things, you know, they affect the bottom line. Yeah. And I forgot to put that on the list. I'm glad you just said that about, you know, different factors like working out. Some people mm-hmm. at night, it's a terrible idea because they can't get to sleep after. And that's pretty person dependent. I'm glad you said that because I completely forgot to put that on the list. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be number two. And that is just delaying your caffeine in the morning just a little bit. And moving on to number three, and this is going to be morning sunlight exposure. Uh, so what I've learned with this essentially is it's going to help you feel more alert, especially during the day, setting you up for success to be able to feel a little bit sleepier at night and then being able to fall asleep. You know, I've noticed too, how good it feels just to be out in the sun every day for a little bit. That is something yeah. I took for granted for a long time that if there's ever days where I'm not really outside for a little bit, mm-hmm. I, I can feel it. And immediately mm-hmm. I go outside, even if it's only for a little bit, and I feel so much better. Like just yesterday, I went outside in the backyard here um, at the house just to get a little bit of sunlight. And I've noticed mm-hmm. how much, not just sleep, I know it's what we're talking about today, but how much it enhances my mood. If I'm in yep. the sun, it, it could literally be 10 minutes and it helps, yep. you know, so um, so that's definitely an important one, um, the morning sunlight. And going on to number four. And this one is nothing new. I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before. And this is no caffeine or stimulants in the evening, probably not even in the afternoon if you don't need it. Again, everyone's going to be a little bit different. So even though a lot of us don't feel 
the effects of caffeine after about an hour or so, maybe two. It's going to stay in your system really for about 10 hours or so, and that's going to help um, delay you going to sleep. Um, and I know for me, you know, whenever I drink caffeine in the afternoon, I would wouldn't think it would affect me at night, but I did notice, you know, it does make you stay up a little bit later when you have that caffeine. So yeah. that is definitely something to consider. I'll, I'll even say for those of you who run a little bit more like me, who are, uh, you know, maybe natural insomniacs, people who um, may, especially folks, if you've in, in your life been diagnosed with something like ADHD and you have, you know, an abundance of energy, like, like I do, um, I, I can't drink caffeine at all. And so here, here's, here's the thing. Let me rephrase. Caffeine actually can be really helpful for somebody with ADHD. It can actually be really calming and help you really focus. Um, it can also spur anxiety. So, um, it's, it's, there's no one right answer and finding how all this interacts with you is really important. But to give you an example for me, I can't drink, like I said, I can't drink caffeine at all. And I, and I, when I drink coffee and stuff, I have decaf. Just, you know, I will have like some green tea every once in a while or like black tea first thing in the morning, like most, most mm. I'll ever have. But, you know, and it's not because I don't like how it, I don't like the effects like that, you know, the effects of the caffeine up front, especially for someone with ADHD. The clarity that comes with it is really, really nice. Um, but, you know, as someone who also you know rocks the anxiety, it's it's not something that I can I can lean into. Yeah. And then you you add insomnia, which is more common context appropriate in this and you know i have i have a cup of coffee if i have an espresso at you know 10 in the morning i'll be feeling it at you know seven eight sometimes even you know through like eat into the evening into the evening granted you know like one week cup of coffee in the morning is not going to do that but here's where it comes to uh your individual ability to um look at what you're doing and, and the different things that you're putting into your body and the way you're treating your body it's a great point and most importantly with what you just said, what type of decaf do you drink? This is really important. Uh, well, you know, usually when I'm drinking a decaf coffee, it's just like, you know, Smarbucks or, uh, you know, uh, Schmeeps. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a latte. Okay. I was just going to make sure that you weren't drinking Folgers. That's all I was concerned about. Folgers in your cup. Yeah, that is. You guys like that? Please. I was just, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't doing that and just drinking brown water. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 as a bartender, I had to work with, uh, like really nice espresso machines and espresso. And then I worked at a French restaurant for three years after you, after you go that route of like nice, like really like artisanal, like, you know, craft, basically coffee, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I, that's the only kind of coffee I drink by any means, but like, I'm for sure as hell ain't drinking no Folgers. Like, what oh, am yeah. I going to drink some mud? What do you, did you already say dirt water? Did you say that? Already? Brown colored water. Brown colored water. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought you said it somewhere because <laughs> that's <laughs> nail head. Dude. Yeah. And my, uh, every once in a while, my in-laws are here. They'll mm. bring Folgers or one of those instant coffees. Mm-hmm. And I like beg them to let, let us, you know, make them a cup of like regular coffee. It's I'm like I just I just feel that I can't I can't see people drinking that. There's no taste. <laughs> so okay, have your in laws? Do they try your coffee? Well, so I I forget all the time, but my mother in law doesn't drink regular coffee. It's decaf, and we don't always mm-hmm. have decaf. So I kind of forget that sometimes. And then if I don't like think about it and say if my my father in law will just like make his, you know, without thinking anything but when 
when I make it right away in the morning and mm-hmm. don't like give him time to make it or something, or if Edlene doesn't give him time to make it, then then he'll yeah, exactly then he'll have yeah. you know the the good stuff or whatever. But they'll they'll just drink that that stuff all the time. And I'm just like, oh, it's it's well, gross. I'll tell you, my my food. So I was a bartender for a long time. I had a long tenure in the food in food service, and and I I for a while I thought I was going to go the sommelier route. Uh, and the problem with doing that is as you get better at no uh, sommelier or sommelier is someone who, who knows for our listeners knows that you're, you're the most expert of, of wine knowers basically. So, um, it's this really intensive program, um, that makes you of the most knowledgeable people in the world about wine. That's great. But if it doesn't help you like describe, you know, like that a sommelier with a 20 year developed palate is not going to taste like he can say, Oh, I taste these notes. And then someone who's, you know, going to be drinking their regular, you know, house wine, like, and don't, doesn't have a 20 year developed palate. They're not going to taste all that stuff that the sommelier is trained 20 years in order to taste. Right. So it's funny. Your, your, your in-laws are probably, you know, they're, they're sitting there drinking their, you know, their, uh, you know, $5 rosé and you're drinking, you know a, a, a you know three hundred dollar bottle of Chateau de Butthole, you know, and like 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 you know it, it, the reason why I didn't go end up going to sommelier route was because it was like if you know how to sell wine, it doesn't really matter anyway, right? Yeah. So the same thing here is if like, you can get them to drink the good stuff, like it. Let me say the other side of it is if they like the the water, the brown water, it's like yeah, they like Who the cares, brown water. You know what I mean. <laughs> But um, yeah, I the the reason I asked too though almost forgot was have you ever tried um, decaf coffee from Black Rifle, mm-hmm. Black Rifle Coffee Coffee Company? No. So they I'm trying to remember. Of course, I'm blanking on the name right now, but they have a legit decaf. Um, I used to like order from them online a little bit, but I stopped uh, doing it just because like after shipping, handling and all that stuff, like the coffee, the bag of coffee was like twice as expensive, you know, just right. like having to do all that stuff. But I was going to say, if you haven't tried decaf through them, it's really good. Okay. Check yeah. it out. It sounds yeah. like a, a real dark roast. Um, um, generally speaking, considering like black rifle, it just sounds very aggressive. Th- they have light, they have medium, they have dark. Okay. I, I believe their decaf maybe was medium. I'm not exactly sure. I, I personally prefer light roast. I think light roast tastes way better. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like Black it. Rifle, you got to check that out. All right. So we are going to move on to number five. And I first learned this um, shortly after my first daughter was born. and But this applies to adults too. So this is limit your napping during the day if you don't have to nap then don't Mm -hmm. of course naps for some you know can make us feel good i personally don't like them i always feel groggy when i do have them but if you don't nap you're going to set yourself up for success to be a little bit more tired once your bedtime comes around and so we learned this with Mm -hmm. with elsie because if she would you know take these super long naps during the day then at night she wouldn't want to go to bed and she'd just stay in her crib playing till 11 o'clock or midnight or whatever it was. And so when we limited her naps or just not as long, then she was able to fall asleep early, but it applies to adults too. And so I know a lot of people are not going to like that because people like their naps. I'm a little biased because I don't like naps personally, but that's just me. So I actually love naps, but 
the the key is the key to what I said earlier. So I mentioned earlier how in a counterintuitive way I found my routine of getting up early by kind of not seeking that out. Well, the real crux of that came down to this question, which is what do I do when I'm too tired, when I'm really tired during the day, like, because I didn't get enough sleep. And traditionally what I would have done is I would have taken that nap. But like you're saying, I would turn into Elsie and ended up playing whatever, <laughs> yeah. probably video games, because what else are you going to do in the middle of the night uh, till you know, hella late because I took that nap because I was so tired because I'm an insomniac. So I would be up all night and I'd be super tired. So I was like, OK, well, I'm just going to sleep because I'm tired. But then it's this progressive, never ending cycle of trying to catch up and having too much and then trying to catch up and having too much. Um, so the way that I actually was able to find subject one that we've talked about today which is getting up early and getting that routine was by on nights when i wasn't able to or excuse me on days after night i wasn't able to sleep i would choose not to take a nap so choose i would choose currently being exhausted mm. so that when the nighttime comes back around i'm ready to hit that 9 9 p.m 10 p.m 11 p.m sleep time 10, 9, 10 is my, my, 10 is really my best time, right? If I'm getting up early the next day. So when I was relying on like more traditional kind of instincts, I would just take the nap because I needed the rest. It would get me on the cycle. When I thought that, when I denied those instincts and I said, okay, we're going to think about this a little bit more. I'm going to just deal with being tired right now. That was the crux to me figuring out how, okay, now I can get up every morning because yeah. I make sure I get to bed the night before. The, the 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 main the piece there that's that main piece there though is the naps whether i'm taking you know take the yep. take, take the opportunity to catch up in the day or making sure my sleep is at night which by the way is worth mentioning that just because this works for me and jake doesn't mean that naps don't work for you if you yep. have a life like where you naps are part of your your every day mm -hmm. and like because there's whole cultures of people who who have naps as part of the way they live and that's great you like that works for yep. your entire entire groups of people um and so we're not saying to stay away from that we're simply saying look at how these things are affecting your bottom line yep, yep. and adjust them accordingly yep great point i love that and then moving on to number six this one i forget to do a lot to be honest and this is um, avoiding bright lights at night especially around mm -hmm. bedtime um, yep. or Screens, another way man. to look at it is to start dimming your lights around maybe an hour or so before bedtime. It's really hard for, you know, to remember that. But mm -hmm. if the those lights are dim a little bit earlier, I mean, it just sets you up to be able to to go to sleep. Like when we have yeah. the lights on later, it definitely keeps you up a little bit more. Um it's yeah. it's an easy little I don't want to say fix. It's easy to do, but I feel like it's really easy to forget too. Totally. Uh, I likewise, I mean, I add to this um, not that I, not that I'm aware of any kind of backing, um, research, but for me, you know, the, the, the blue light blocking thing, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's placebo and I don't know if there's, if there, you know, what, what's going on, but it does seem to help me kind of settle in if only because when that night shift comes on, on my phone, I, I visually, whether I recognize it or not, my brain recognizes that something has shifted, Right. And so I don't know if it's really that I'm not, my brain's not getting blue light and that's helping or if my brain, my brain is seeing the shift in the lighting on my screen and like starting its processes. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it seems to be helpful for me. It seems more helpful than blue light 
blue light blocking glasses. So for me, I think this probably more is like my brain's taking a cue from the, the change in the environment and starting its processes. Right. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe there is a bunch of research. Do you know anything about the blue light stuff that they've been doing? I, I don't, as far as research, I don't know, but um, Andrew Huberman, the one that we brought up earlier, I've heard him talk about the blue light stuff a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as research, I, I'm not sure. There's no no studies that I personally know about, uh, but I did hear him mention you know stuff about blue light glasses at night if you need them. But the, the interesting thing he said, though, and I have to look into this more to make sure I didn't hear his point wrong, he was saying something about wearing them during the day can actually be a detriment and my my glasses actually have that blue light stuff Me on too. there and i did that um after i got hurt in the fire department and i they moved me from the stations to i eventually went to recruiting being in recruiting i was in front of a computer more i get migraines a lot so i was just trying to figure out ways to try to you know combat this a little bit one being wearing blue light glasses you know i thought that would maybe help i wasn't sure he mentioned something about if you do that during the day it's actually going to be a detriment to you. I don't know Stands the reasons reason. why behind that. Um, not that I can think about, but he said even if you're in front of a computer, if you don't have to wear them. So I, I don't have an answer to that, though. I don't I don't have the backing answer for that either. But from a logical, psychological standpoint, it does stand to reason because we're talking about um, with the blue light blocking, the idea is that we are – blocking the lighting that makes us the most aware because it's kind of mimicking daytime right so it's the the idea is that that light mimicking daytime is causing processes in our processes in our brain to respond as if it's daytime so it stands to reason that if you were to keep your brain from going through that fully waking process that fully you know getting all that light and being fully aware that it would cause a disruption in the natural rhythms that would allow it. So like, basically if you don't get that and I'm not like, this is just my logic, right? Logic point. Basically, if you get the, the blue light all day, your brain's going to go through a process when it's like not blue light time. Right. Yeah. And so if you take that blue light away during the day, you might be taking away that process of it sh- shifting yep. back into nighttime mode. Again, like that's just me, like my, the background coming into play and like logic, but so don't, you know, take what we're saying is like, you know, but it stands to reason. Certainly. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll definitely have to like, um, educate myself on that a little yeah. bit more. All the stuff you're saying makes sense though, but I'm, I definitely want to look that up. I think, um, based on the fact that both Jake and I are like interested in this now, like we'll probably come back around to this. Um, but listeners, if you, you know, if you know of any research of any like guiding, you know, any, any, um, you know, solid stuff that you'd like to share with us, please, you know, go hit up the forum uh, on Facebook or reach out over Instagram. Um, we love getting new information and you know, if, if, uh, if you've got information that you think is super pertinent, you know, share it with us. We, uh, you, we might even share it with the rest of the community. Oh yeah. Uh, in a later podcast. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. And I did forget to mention, I know you brought it up a little bit and this goes hand in hand with the lights just for some, any electronics, at night would be included in that bright light. So not just mm-hmm. overhead lights, but some people with their phones that can stimulate them too much to be able to fall asleep. Some people, it's the TV. It depends. It's pretty individual, but I did forget to throw it in there. I'm glad Clayton reminded me though. And so another thing I do, sorry, just oh, real no, quick, blue, blue light aside. One of the things I do is when I'm getting ready to get down, like when I'm turning off my lights, cause I, I personally, not that we recommend this 
you know, professionally, but personally, I, I like to watch TV as I'm getting ready for bed and turning off the lights and everything. For me, yeah, I noticed it's you do too. So for me, I noticed it's really helpful just to take my, my screen brightness, which is usually at the top level and bring it all the way down the backlight yeah. and bring it all the way down, you know, from 50 all the way to zero. Um, and you know, you can still see it in your, your brain adjusts, but that difference in amount of light for me seems like that makes a difference. And I bet I'm not alone there. Yep. Absolutely. And number seven, and part of this is anecdote or excuse me, anecdote, um, that I've noticed. And I've also read this before too. Um, and this is going to bed around the same time every night if you can. Uh, and it's most beneficial if you do it as soon as you're tired at night. So the, the anecdote here is what I've noticed with myself if I fall asleep right when I'm getting tired and I just stay asleep, I have a great night of sleep most of the time. Something else that happens if I fall asleep, I kind of start waking up and then I decide to stay up. You know, and this could be only 10 or 11 at night. I can't fall back asleep. It takes me forever to. So if you can get in the routine of going to bed around the same time and having this routine at night, if you are able to, and then going to bed actually when you are tired and not forcing yourself, that may be of benefit to you. Cool. I've never heard that one. I'm going to give that one a try. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like 5 PM and I'm going to be passed out on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, I would love that. And just skipping the whole nighttime thing. I'm not a huge fan of the night. So if I, yeah. I could just fall asleep and then, you know, at five or 6 PM, to wake up super early. I would love that. Oh, I feel great. like though you've got you've got built-in guardrails against that, you know, like you, oh. your kids, like you, you your 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 sleep is dictated by your kids. Oh That's yeah, a, one yeah. of the advantages of of being of not having kids is you can kind of play around with that a little bit more, you know. So keep that in mind, folks, as you're thinking about that at home. All these little not not well, they might be physically little right now, but all these factors, you know, it's even like Jake's kids and the fact that I don't have kids, they all factor into the things that we're talking about. Right. Um, so it's really important that, you know, you take these tools that we're sharing here and figure out how they fit into your life because, you know, going to sleep right when you're tired, isn't going to work for everybody, but that's really interesting. And if you have the ability to do that, mm. I'm, I know I'm for for sure. I'm going to try that. Like I'm getting, I've yeah. never, I've never tried that. Like after, like maybe not today, but like in the, as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm going to give that a try. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely helps. Like to, just last night, for example, so I have family visiting and we were, you know, on the couch watching, um, the Alpinist. I think we talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we put it, it on. It was fantastic. But Toward then, I started falling asleep. No, I started getting tired, and I, I, I the best. I know, I know, but I was like, you know, what? I'm not going to force myself to stay up. Like I'm, I'm setting yep. myself up, up for success to actually be able to have a, a good <laughs> night's sleep. So I just, I, I fell asleep or whatever. But uh, it, it definitely helps. So yeah, audience, give it a shot if you have it. And then Clayton too, you, you have to. Um, let me know if you try it too to see if it helps you as well. I will. And also, if you didn't go back and watch the end of the Alpinist, you got it. Yeah. I I did I did hear about it, but I have to oh, okay. finish it. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you heard about it, I mean, yeah. it's still worth watching because it's just yeah. like a whole emotional process, and it's yeah. cool to see that. But yeah. but it, yeah, if you heard, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Epic. And moving on to number eight, and this is kind of a two for one here, and this one is so important. It's crazy if you never tried this, how much it's going to help. So keeping your room dark and keeping your room cool, and for me, it's mm-hmm. an emphasis on. 
the cool. So when it is uh, cool in your room, you know, hope if you can have it below 70 degrees, that's great. But when it's cool, your body's going to be able to um, produce a little bit more melatonin, uh, which is going to help you fall asleep, which is fantastic. So if you have noticed before that you feel a little bit hot before bedtime, this can actually contribute a little bit to insomnia. So if you can keep the room dark for obvious reasons and then cool, you should be able to not only fall asleep easier, but you should be able to sleep a little bit deeper. And I can tell you whenever it is cool in the house, I'm telling you right now, I sleep so much better um, Mm -hmm. and not just longer, but I feel like I sleep deeper too. Like I'm not waking up in the middle of the night as as much. I, I would add too on that. Um, the sleep timer on the TV is a really good, great tool because mm. if you are someone like myself or Jake and it does happen that you fall asleep with the TV on that TV up that TV on all night. And again, this is just anecdotal experience, but for me, I definitely feel like I don't sleep as well. Like I, you know, it's easier to wake up from the light of, especially if you're watching something that's particularly flashy, putting that timer on at night can, you know, help head off all that too. So you know, for whatever that's awesome. worth. Awesome. All right, everyone, that is all of them. So I'm going to recap them real quick here for you. So one, wake up at the same time every morning. Have a routine if you can. Number two, delay coffee or caffeine intake for at least 90 minutes in the morning if you can. Number three, sunlight uh, exposure, especially in the morning. Uh, Number four, no caffeine or stimulants in the evening or probably the late afternoon. Number five, limit your time napping. Number six, avoid bright lights at night, and this is including uh, electronics. Uh, Number seven, go to bed around the same time uh, every night if you can. Number eight, keep your room dark and keep your room cool. All right, everyone. First, I want to say thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And also, shout out to Dr. Huberman. I know we brought him up a couple times. Some of these points directly came from him. So uh, thank you for your great work, Dr. Huberman. We really appreciate it. And if you guys haven't yet, if you could subscribe to the podcast, if this is the first time you've listened, it'd be greatly appreciated. And leave us a review if you are enjoying the content. You can find us on Instagram at Mission Driven Made. And also, you can find us at at the forum. The forum is a free online private uh, fitness community that we started recently, and you're going to find the link for it in the show description there. Uh, It takes about 20 seconds to sign up and what it is. It's a community of people that listen to the podcast so you can converse with other listeners of the podcast. And also it's a place where you can ask Clayton and I any question that you would like, whether it's related to fitness, nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, whatever it is, we're on there checking it every day. Uh, So you guys can ask us questions. We would love to connect with you there. All right, everyone, like I said, go have a fantastic rest of your Friday night. Can't wait to catch up with all you soon. Love all you guys. And until next time, stay vigilant.